This is false and defamatory, the impact of defamation and weaponized social media. Trigger warning. This podcast discusses topics related to emotional abuse, gaslighting, verbal abuse, threatening language, cyberbullying, intimidation tactics, and thoughts of self-harm, which may be triggering for some listeners. The content includes descriptions of manipulative behavior, psychological distress, body shaming, online harassment, and other forms of abusive behavior and emotional trauma. Please take care of yourself and consider your mental and emotional state before listening. If you need support or someone to talk to, please seek help from a trusted friend, family member, or mental health professional. Thank you for listening. The defendant's deposition after numerous delays finally took place on February the 15th of 2022. We all went to the defendant's attorney's office and we were in a conference room. H was there. H's attorney was there. I was obviously there. My lead attorney, Todd, was there. And also Elizabeth, my other attorney, was there. There was a court reporter and a videographer. And then, of course, the defendant and her attorney. The conference room was sort of small. The defendant was at one end, the videographer on the other end, H and her attorney on one side, and then me with my attorneys on the other side. And the court reporter was to the defendant's left. And directly to her right was her attorney. So she was flanked by her attorney and the court reporter. It was interesting. I mean, I think it would be natural for it to also be awkward to be in a room with a person who had been defaming you for months on end and fabricating baseless claims against you. It was a very awkward situation. While we were in the room, no one had their phones or anything. All I had was a piece of paper and a pen. That way, if I needed to take any notes or write anything down and show a note to my attorneys, I could. We were there at 9 a.m. to start the depot, but by the time everything was set up, it took almost a complete hour to be fully set up. And then we began the deposition. At the beginning of this deposition, there was something interesting that happened. The defendant had recently fired her attorney, and so she had hired her divorce attorney to represent her for the defamation case after she fired her prior attorney. Because the lawsuit was against the defendant in her personal capacity, and her business is also partially owned by her husband, there was a conflict of interest as this attorney could not represent the business because the business is partially owned by her husband, and this attorney was was representing her in the divorce case. The videographer states, it is Tuesday, February 15th. The time is approximately 9.52 a.m. and we are on the record. My attorney says, okay, Todd Parks for Crystal Wrighton. H's attorney says, Murray Camp for H, intervener. And the defendant's divorce attorney appears officially as counsel for the defendant. My attorney says, we've been here for a little bit sitting, waiting to start the deposition. For the first time, the attorney for the defendant advised they are not representing the corporate entity in this lawsuit. The personal counsel for defendant has represented 
moment they have a conflict in representing the corporate entity that they don't have the ability, they don't have the capacity to agree or disagree on things moving forward on the corporate rep notice that we are here today to start with. The plaintiff and intervener have also filed notice of defendant's deposition in her individual capacity as an individual defendant. It is the accumulative understanding of this group of attorneys. Attorneys is that the corporation cannot be a party to a lawsuit pro se. We've also agreed that the deposition was noticed for defendant individually and there was a notice for the corporate rep. The prior attorney for the corporate entity designated previously in this case defendant as the corporate representative and we are plaintiff and intervener here today ready and willing and able to move forward with a corporate rep deposition notice. The parties have agreed that due to the lack of representation of the corporation, the current personal counsel not representing the corporation, that the plaintiff and intervener are not going forward on the corporate rep notice deposition today for those reasons. That plaintiff and intervener, because of all those reasons that were just discovered this morning, are withdrawing the corporate rep notice and it will be re-noticed. H's attorney says at a later time. My attorney says at a later time, subject to the motions filed regarding the corporate entity's representation. H's attorney says that's accurate. My attorney says, is that accurate? And defendant's attorney says, that is accurate. My attorney says, okay, so we will proceed forward today with the understanding of all the attorneys that there will be a second deposition of, well, there will be another deposition in this case for the corporate rep, which was previously designated as defendant, but certainly there can be redesignations of who the corporate rep is. But we will agree that we will re-notice the corporate rep and that the deposition will go forward subject to the rules. Is that agreeable? And all the attorneys agree. My attorney says, all right. Murray, which is H's attorney. You got anything to add to that? I tried to cover it as best I could. H's attorney says, no, thank you. Other than that, we are not waiving any right to take the deposition. My attorney says, all right, so I think you've got a job now. The court reporter says, would you please raise your right hand? Defendant complied. The court reporter says, do you solemnly swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth, so help you God? Defendant says, yes, ma'am. The reporter says, agreements for the record. My attorney says, just by the rules. H's attorney says, by the rules. And the defendant's attorney says by the rules. My attorney says, you got to read in or anything? And the videographer said, no, sir. And my attorney said, okay. The court reporter states, having been first duly sworn testified as follows, and then begins the examination of the defendant in her personal capacity. My attorney says, please state your name. She states her name and asks her to spell her last name, which is standard. And then my attorney says, my name is Todd Parks and I represent Crystal Wrighton in a lawsuit filed against you individually and against the company. Do you understand who I am and who I represent? Defendant says, yes, sir. Attorney, before we get started, I'd like to have some agreements with you. The first one is, if you don't understand any of my questions, if you'll stop me and I'll clarify. Is that agreeable? Defendant, yes. Attorney, also, if you would answer yes or no out loud as opposed to an uh-huh or an uh-uh or a nod of your head, is that agreeable? Defendant, yes. Attorney, okay. Also, the lady to your left is going to be taking down every word that's said here today and it's going to be typed up in booklet form. Do you understand that? Defendant, yes. Attorney, do you understand that you're going to have an opportunity to read over your deposition and make sure that all the answers are true and correct and fully answered the questions. Defendant, yes. Attorney, I'd also like to have the agreement with you that if you would let me finish asking my questions before you start answering, I'll try to do the same for your answers. Is that agreeable? Defendant, yes. Attorney, okay, the court reporter is going to take down every word that's said, and it makes it really difficult for her if two people are talking at the same time. Do you understand that? Defendant, yes. Attorney, okay, and I caution you particularly on that because at one of the hearings, I believe you were with your attorney and you kind of spoke out in the middle 
middle of someone else talking or maybe the judge talking. So it's really, really important that you let me finish asking my questions. I will let you finish answering your questions and that we don't talk over each other. Do you understand that? Defendant, yes. Attorney, where do you live? Defendant freely gives her address with no hesitation. Attorney asks how to spell that. Defendant complies. Attorney, how long have you lived there? Defendant, two months. Attorney, where did you live before this address? Defendant discloses. Attorney, why did you move? Defendant, because I'm selling my home. Attorney, when did you put your home on the market? Defendant, January 31st. Attorney, do you live with anyone? Defendant, my son. Attorney, what's your son's name? Defendant complies. Attorney, how old is he? Defendant, he is 14. Attorney, do you have any other children? Defendant, no. Attorney, are you currently married? Defendant, yes. Attorney, who are you currently married to? Defendant answers her husband's name. Attorney, my understanding is there's been a divorce proceeding filed between you and your husband. Defendant, correct. Attorney, where is that filed? Defendant, I don't understand the question. Attorney, what county is that filed in? Defendant lists the county that it's filed in. Attorney, who is your husband's attorney? Defendant, oh, what's his name? And then lists her husband's attorney's name. Attorney, how do you spell that name? Defendant answers. Attorney, and where is he located? Defendant, I have no idea. Attorney, what town? Defendant, I have no idea. Attorney, state of Texas? Defendant, yes. Attorney, have you answered any disclosures or written discovery in the divorce proceeding? Defendant, what does that mean? Attorney, in this case, you've answered some papers that I served on behalf onto your attorney where it required you to provide written information back to us. Do you recall that? Defendant, yes. Attorney, okay, have you answered any written discovery, whether it would be disclosures or interrogatories or requests for production or anything like that in the divorce proceeding? Defendant, I think so. Attorney, everything that you've represented in any way in the divorce proceeding is truthful and accurate, correct? Defendant, yes. Attorney, what's your date of birth? Defendant answers. Attorney, what's the last four of your social? Defendant answers. Attorney, have you ever been arrested? Defendant, no. Attorney, where did you go to high school? Defendant answers. Attorney says, what state is that? Defendant answers. Attorney, what city? Defendant answers. Attorney, did you graduate? Defendant, yes. Attorney, what year? Defendant lists the year and then says, is when I walked. Attorney, why did you qualify that with when you walked? Defendant, the year that she stated is when I graduated. Attorney, beyond high school, do you have any formal education? Defendant, yes. Attorney, what is that? Defendant, I went to college after that. Attorney, where did you go to college? Defendant lists the college and says, I'm old. This is a long time ago. I went to what's the other one called and then she lists another one. That's all I can remember. Attorney, do you have any degrees or certifications beyond high school? Defendant, like college certification? Attorney, any kind of degree or certification? Defendant says, I mean, I have like a real estate license if that's what you mean. I don't know what you mean. Attorney, so beyond high school, the only degree or certification of any sort that you have is a real estate license. Defendant, I had an escrow officer license. Attorney, a what? Defendant, an escrow officer license with the Texas Department of Insurance. Attorney, other than an escrow officer license, and uh, what was your other license? Defendant, real estate. Attorney, real estate. Other than the escrow and the real estate license, do you have any other degrees, certifications, license of any sort beyond high school? Defendant, no. Attorney, was your husband 
has been employed by company as a senior software engineer for almost a decade. Defendant, yes. Attorney, is he currently employed as a software engineer? Defendant, last I've heard. Attorney, does he know how to build applications and programs from scratch? Defendant, I believe so. Attorney, has he built many applications, processes, and programs for your business over the years? Defendant, yes. Attorney, was that done on an open source platform named Magento? Defendant, yes. Attorney, has he bragged to you on thousands of times that he can hack into anything? Defendant, yes. Attorney, all right, has he previously hacked into Linux servers and bragged to you that Linux servers are the most secure servers on the internet? Defendant, that's two different questions. Attorney, you can answer the question. Defendant, you can repeat the question one at a time. Attorney, has your husband hacked into Linux servers? Defendant, I do not know. Attorney, have you ever represented to anyone in any way that your husband hacked into Linux servers? Defendant, he said that he has, but I do not know that he has. Attorney, has he ever bragged to you that he hacked into Linux servers? Defendant, again, he said that he has, but I do not know that he has. Attorney, has your husband told your son that he can hack into even the most secure devices? Defendant, he has said that. Attorney, do you believe your husband has ever hacked into any of your networks or security systems? Defendant, I do believe that. Attorney, okay, as you sit here today, when do you think was the first time that he hacked into any of your networks or security systems? Defendant, I have no idea. Attorney, based on what you do know, when do you believe was the first time that your husband hacked into any of your networks or security systems? Defendant, I don't know. Attorney, do you have any opinion whatsoever as to when the first time that your husband ever hacked into any of your networks or security systems? Defendant, I have no opinion as to when he did it for the first time. Attorney, do you have any opinion as to the first time you were aware or belief that he hacked into any network or security system. Defendant, that he, no, I do not. Attorney, okay, so, defendant, that he hacked into a network or security system? Attorney, of yours, let me rephrase that question. Defendant, yeah. Attorney, understand that you don't. You're telling us here today you don't know the first time that he ever did that, correct? Defendant, correct. Attorney, okay, is there a point in time where you do believe that he hacked into any of your network or security systems? Defendant, I do not know that answer at this time. Attorney, do you have any opinion as to any date or time period at which your husband first hacked into your network or security system? The defendant's attorney says, objection, form. My attorney says, go ahead. H's attorney says, let him finish the question first before you object. My attorney says, you can answer the question. Defendant, I do not know when my husband or if he hacked into a security system at this time. Attorney, and I appreciate that. That's not my question. My question is, do you have any opinion whatsoever as to the time frame as to when he ever hacked into any of your security systems or networks? The defendant's attorney says, objection form, you can answer. Defendant, at this time, I do not have an opinion as to when he hacked into my systems. Attorney, is there anything that you, as you sit here today, that you can go look at or attempt to investigate to determine when your husband hacked into your security systems or networks? Defendant, for the first time, attorney, no, at any, any way that you can determine that. Defendant, is there any way, say it again. Attorney, is there anything that you could go look at that you're aware of that you can investigate to cause you to form an opinion as to the time frame where your husband first hacked into your security network or your systems? Defendant, at this time, I do not have an opinion as to that. Attorney, 
Okay, I understand that you don't have an opinion. My question is very specifically, is there anything that you can go look at or do to investigate to form an opinion as to when that happened? Defendant, I do not know at this time. Attorney, okay, do you believe that your husband has ever hacked into your security systems and spied on you? Defendant, I do believe that. Attorney, do you know, do you have any opinion as to when that first occurred? Defendant, I do not know. Attorney, do you have any opinion? Defendant, I do not have an opinion as to when that first occurred at this time. Attorney, do you believe that defendant's husband is saving all your passwords? Defendant, I do not believe that husband is saving all my passwords at this time. Attorney, okay, do you believe that her husband in the past has saved any of your passwords? Defendant, yes. Sorry, I'm getting comfortable. Attorney, why do you say that he is not currently saving your passwords? Defendant, because I have changed them. Attorney, when did you change your passwords as a result of your concern that your husband was saving your passwords? Defendant, I've changed my passwords on numerous occasions. Attorney, I appreciate that. My question was, when did you change your passwords as a result of a concern that your husband had your passwords? Defendant, I do not recall a specific date. Attorney, when was the last time, generally speaking, the last month? The last two months, before or after the divorce proceeding was filed, when? Give us a time frame as to when you last changed your passwords. Defendant, if you're asking if after we filed for divorce, did I change my passwords, the answer is yes. Attorney, okay, that's not my question. Do you have an opinion as to when was the last time you've now told us it was after the divorce was filed since the time of the divorce until now? Defendant, I didn't say that was the last time. Attorney, okay, when was the last time you changed your passwords as a result of a concern about your husband hacking into your passwords? Defendant, within the last couple of months. Attorney, do you believe that he is gaining access to your passwords as quickly as you can change your passwords? Defendant, I do not believe that he is currently doing that. Attorney, Okay, and why do you not believe that? Defendant, because I've bought new devices, changed my Wi-Fi. Attorney, do you believe your husband deleted camera footage off your security cameras at your house? Defendant, I do not know if my husband deleted camera footage off the security devices. Attorney, have you ever represented to anyone that your husband deleted camera footage? Defendant, I feel like he has. I do not know that he has. Attorney, do you believe that in the past year, your husband has hacked into your devices and deleted valuable information? Defendant, say it again. Attorney, do you believe that your husband in the past has hacked into your devices and deleted valuable information? Defendant, I do believe that he has done that. Attorney, okay, what valuable information has he deleted as a result of hacking into your devices? Defendant, well, the term valuable is a matter of opinion, but whether it's just my personal information, things that were mine. Attorney, okay, I appreciate that. My question was, what was the valuable information that you believe your husband deleted after he hacked into your devices? Defendant, I believe he deleted some camera footage. Attorney, other than camera footage, is there other valuable information that you believe your husband deleted from your devices? Defendant, yes. Attorney, what else? Defendant, I do not know that he did it definitively yet. Attorney, what do you think that he deleted? Defendant, my personal information, pictures, camera footage. Attorney, off of what devices? Defendant, I don't know yet. I'm going to pause here. In a prior episode, I have read the affidavit that was shared on Reddit in the defendant's divorce proceedings, where she says, when her husband hacks into the ring cameras, I believe he deletes footage from the cameras that he otherwise would not have access to without hacking. So here she has just said in a roundabout way, she's not really sure if he has deleted camera footage. She goes back and forth with my attorney exhaustingly just to try and answer a simple question. 
But clearly, she has stated before that she believes he has deleted camera footage in a sworn affidavit. So when he says, have you ever represented to anyone that your husband has deleted security footage? The answer just should have been yes. To continue, attorney, do you believe that your husband has placed any listening devices or bugs in your house? Defendant, I do not. Attorney, have you ever represented to anyone that your husband has placed any listening devices or bugs in your house? Defendant, I have never said that he has placed any listening devices in my home. Attorney, have you ever made any representation that your husband was in any way associated with any attempts to bug anything, any place where you were? Defendant, say it again. Attorney, have you ever had any belief that your husband bugged any places, whether your home or elsewhere, to listen to what you are saying or doing? Defendant, when you say whether your home or elsewhere, I do not believe that he has placed any bugs in my home. Attorney, well, I appreciate that. My question was, do you believe he's placed bugs elsewhere? Defendant, I do not know if he has. Attorney, okay. Do you have a belief that he has? Defendant, I do. Attorney, and where are those places? Defendant says her prior residence. So she was skating around that question because she has moved. And so she is saying that her husband has not placed devices in her home because she is referencing her current home. My attorney was referencing the home that she lived in with her husband, where she said in the sworn affidavit that he had placed listening devices in that home. Attorney says, okay, so you believe he has placed bugs or listening devices in your former residence, which is where you and your husband lived, correct? Defendant, lived, but you said in my home. And earlier you asked me, where do I live? And I live on, and gives her address. My attorney says, and I'll object as non-responsive. And H's attorney also says, objection, non-responsive. Attorney, and I know what my questions are, so you don't need to clarify that to me through the deposition. Defendant, okay. Attorney, and I understand what I'm asking, I promise. Defendant, okay. Attorney, and that's why I asked these. And I I'm telling you, I'm asking these questions broadly so that you can't somehow try to maneuver your way out of it by what you just attempted to do. So just be understood that all my questions, I want you to hear them as broad as I possibly can begin to see. The uh, defendant's attorney says, objection form. My attorney says, do you understand? Defendant's attorney says, is there a question? My attorney says, yes. My attorney then says, so describe the basis of your opinion that your husband has placed bugs or listening devices in your prior house where you all lived. Defendant says, say the question again. Attorney says, tell me what is the basis of your opinion that your husband has placed listening devices or bugs in the house where you all lived. Defendant says, what is the basis of my opinion? Can you break that part down? My attorney says, yeah. When people have opinions, they generally have some basis for giving the opinion. And I'm asking you, what is the basis or the facts or why you, why it is that you believe that he placed listening devices in your home? Defendant, I believe that he placed listening devices in her prior residence because he has told me before that he has recorded me in that residence. Attorney, do you have an opinion as to when the first time was that your husband placed a recording device and recorded you in your prior residence? Defendant, I do not. Attorney, when was the first time that your husband told you that he placed recording devices in your former residence? Defendant, he didn't tell me that he placed recording devices. He said he recorded me. Attorney, okay, when was the first time that your husband told you that he was recording you? Defendant, in December. Attorney, of what year? Defendant, 2021. Attorney, did he indicate to you in any way how long that he had been recording you? Defendant, he did not. Attorney, did you have a discussion with an assistant of yours with respect to getting the house swept for listening devices? Defendant, I have. Attorney, who was the assistant? Defendant, gives her assistant's name. Attorney, last name? 
Defendant gives the last name. Attorney, it's your opinion that the bugs were placed or the listening devices were placed through some work that he would have done along with some friends of his that have an air conditioner company. Is that correct? Defendant, perhaps. Attorney, have you represented to anyone that it is your belief that the person assisting your husband with installing and removing the bugs in the house was the air conditioner friend? Defendant, that is correct. Attorney, you have multiple phones at this time, correct? Defendant, two. Attorney, okay, what are the two phone numbers? Defendant, I'm not comfortable giving that information. H's attorney, objection non-responsive. My attorney, objection non-responsive. My attorney again says, what are the two phone numbers? Defendant says, uh-uh. Attorney says, you understand that we're going to file a motion to compel. Defendant, yes. Attorney, and require that to be produced. Defendant, yes. Attorney, and we're offering to keep that portion of the answer of this deposition under a protective order where it wouldn't be disclosed to anyone outside of the attorneys and their staff. Do you understand that? Defendant, and the people in this room. Attorney, correct. Defendant, and that's the problem. Attorney, fair enough. Do you want to take a moment to discuss the refusal for you to give those two phone numbers with your attorney? Defendant shakes her head. My attorney says, because I want to make sure you have an ample opportunity to be fully advised by your attorney as to the implications of not giving those phone numbers. Defendant, I'm fine with whatever the implication is. I worked very hard to finally get a phone number where they can't get into it. Defendant's attorney says, I understand. My attorney says, so you're choosing not to provide those two phone numbers. Defendant, I'll give you my phone number that's available. And then she gives that phone number. My attorney says, and I'll object as non-responsive. I would like to point out that when the defendant was asked early on in the deposition where she lived, she immediately responded with her home address, had zero problems giving that information, but now suddenly isn't willing to give her phone numbers. She has accused me of stalking her, openly gives her home address, which I did not know because she had moved with me in the room, with H in the room, but refused to give these phone numbers. Continuing, my attorney says, and tell me a reason that you have for not giving the second phone number for the second phone that you have. Defendant, because you can access people's devices based off their phone numbers. Attorney, any other reason? Defendant, because the things that I say are repeated on the internet and I do not want my personal data repeated any further than it already has been. Attorney, anything else? Defendant, how much time do you have? I don't want to give you my private number that nobody has. I can give you a phone number where you can reach me. My attorney says, I'll object to the answer as non-responsive. Then my attorney says, is there any other reason that you have for not providing the second phone number? Defendant, because I don't want anybody in this room to go back and put my phone number on the internet. Attorney, any other reason? Defendant, that seems enough for me. Attorney, having learned what you've learned through the divorce process and the things that you've accused your husband of doing, do any of the things you've accused your husband of doing overlap with any of the things you've accused Miss Wrighton of doing? The defendant's attorney says, objection form, you can answer. And when the attorney says this, he is objecting to the form of the question. However, he is telling his client, you can go ahead and answer even though I've objected. This is so later, if there's ever an issue with anything that she has answered, it's on the record that he objected to the way the question was asked. The defendant says, say the question again. Attorney, you've accused your husband of doing some things with respect to bugging your house, hacking your phone, hacking different internet sites, all of those things. Do any of those things overlap, those things that you've accused your husband of doing, overlap with the allegations you've made against Miss Wrighton? The defendant's attorney says again, objection form, you can answer. Defendant says, the things that Crystal has done, Crystal did. The things that my husband, that I believe my 
my husband has done. I believe my husband has done. So I don't know if they overlap or if they were independent actions, but I know that the things that I know that Crystal has done, Crystal has done. My attorney says, I'll object to the portion of that as non-responsive. Then my attorney says, the same things that you've accused Crystal Wrighton of doing with respect to any technology, those overlap with the things that you've alleged your husband has done, correct? Defendant's attorney, objection form. Defendant, so the problem with your question is the word overlap. My husband independently has deleted things from my phone and Crystal, I believe, has also deleted things from my phone. So while they may be the same action, saying that they overlap kind of implies that I accused both of them of doing the same act. While they may have both done the same act, I didn't say that they both did the act at that specific time. My attorney says, fair enough. In addition to deleting things from your phone, is there any other conduct while you believe it independent that you believe Crystal Wrighton did that was the same as your husband did. Defendant, no, I think they are two different animals. Attorney, okay, one of the things that you think Crystal did and your husband did that are separate, but the act is actually deleting things from your phone, correct? Defendant, yes. Attorney, okay, are there any other things that you believe Crystal Wrighton did on her own that your husband has also done on his own that are the same conduct? Defendant, if you could ask me about those items specifically, that would be much more helpful because this is a pretty convoluted thing. And since I do believe that they are in communication, my attorney says, okay, my question is really broad. Defendant says, I know. Attorney, and I'm trying to be real simple with this. Defendant, but broad questions aren't necessarily simple questions. H's attorney says objection non-responsive. My attorney says objection non-responsive. Defendant, what does that mean when you say that? My attorney says, your attorney can explain it to you. And H's attorney objects as non-responsive. Defendant, what does that mean when they say that? Defendant's attorney says, just answer the questions they ask. Defendant says, okay. My attorney says, so with respect to the comparing the conduct of Crystal Wrighton and your husband, one thing that you believe both of them have done while independent of each other is Crystal deleted things from your phone and your husband has deleted things from your phone, correct? Defendant says, correct. Okay, tell me all of the other things that you believe they have in common with respect to things that they have done that you believe have caused you harm. Defendant, I do not know the answer at this time. Attorney, okay, is there anything that you can go look at? Defendant, no, there is not. My attorney, to form an opinion. Defendant says, no, there is not. Attorney, do you have any opinion as you sit here today? Defendant, I do not have an opinion at this time. Attorney, okay, do you have any idea how you could go and form an opinion with respect to that? Defendant, I do not at this time. Attorney, are you familiar with the term influencer? Defendant, correct. Attorney, that's a yes. Defendant, yes. Attorney, what is an influencer? Defendant, a person who influences. Attorney, with respect, have you ever represented to anyone that you were an influencer? Defendant, of course. Attorney, okay, and when you say you're an influencer, tell me about what you mean by that. Defendant, I have people that follow me and trust my opinion. Attorney, and how long have you believed yourself to be an influencer? Defendant, I have believed myself to be an influencer for, I have cultivated a community over the last decade on accident, but I love it. Attorney, do you believe that through the internet and your internet following that you have people who trust and believe your opinion? Defendant, of course. Attorney, do you believe that as an influencer on the internet, you have followers who take what you say as the truth? Defendant, I believe there are people that do take what I say as truth. Attorney, okay. Defendant says, I hope so. Attorney, it's your expectation that when you post things where followers of you as an influencer read it, you expect them to believe what you're saying, correct? 
defendant? I do. Attorney. And part of being an influencer as you're on the internet has to do with sales of assets or products for your company, correct? Defendant. Part of it. Attorney. Okay. And when you individually post things as an influencer, you are in part attempting to garner your business and increase sales with the company, correct? Defendant. Not every time. I should more often. Attorney. In part, when you post things as an influencer, you are attempting to market or raise awareness such that you can have more sales with the company, correct? Defendant. Not every time. Attorney. In part, at times, when you make representations as an influencer, there are times while in fairness, not every time, you are making those representations in an attempt to market and make and increase sales for the company, correct? Defendant, if I'm trying to sell an object, if I'm trying to sell something, I'm trying to sell something. Attorney, in your role as an influencer to influence people and have your followers buy things from the company, that's what you do when you're influencing at times, correct? Defendant at times. Attorney, when people are following you on different platforms, sometimes you speak on behalf when you're speaking. It's commingled with speaking on behalf of you individually and you as the company, correct? Defendant, correct. Attorney, and when you are at times influencing people and your followers in hopes that they trust your opinion when you're doing it, you're doing it such that they would know and understand and have a reasonable belief that it could be you individually or it could be you as the company, correct? Defendant's attorney says objection form. Defendant, yeah, I don't understand your question. Attorney, okay, so if you make some posts to your followers hoping that they're going to believe it as a follower, it's reasonable to expect that they see you as both individually and you as defendant. Defendant's company name. Defendant, incorrect. Defendant's attorney, objection form. My attorney says, okay, and why is that incorrect? Defendant, because a lot of times I make posts never worried about. I never make a post in hopes that they believe me first. And secondly, a lot of times I make posts and it has nothing to do with my store at all. I talk about my personal life. I would like to point out that she just said a few moments ago that she hopes that people believe her and trust her opinion. Moving on, attorney says, when you make posts individually about the company, defendant says, uh-huh, attorney, it's reasonable for the company to expect that you're making those posts on behalf of the company, correct? Defendant attorney objection form defendant say it again my attorney when you make those individual posts and you talk about the sales of your company it's reasonable for those followers of yours to have a general understanding that you're making those posts in an attempt to increase sales for your company correct Defendant's attorney, objection form. Defendant, that's different than the question you just asked. If I make a post about a clothing item, it's reasonable for me to expect that they understand I'm talking about a clothing item. Attorney, right, on behalf of your company. Defendant, or whoever I tell. I swipe up to Walmart, Target, whoever it is. Attorney, including your company. Defendant, including my company. Attorney, okay. Defendant at times. At this point in the deposition, my attorney goes through several of the requests for admissions and their denial, which I've already read in a prior episode. So I am going to skip past those because they have been read in their entirety and move on to the part after she is questioned about these requests for admission. My attorney says, do you understand that my office on behalf of Crystal has sent you retraction letters to retract all of the things that you've said about Crystal that we believe is actionable? Defendant, I do. 
attorney, okay? And I'm going to mark as just one big exhibit all the retraction letters. Defendant's attorney says, and how many are there total? My second attorney says seven. And then my attorney says seven. Defendant's attorney says, okay. My attorney says, okay, you understand we sent you a retraction letter on February 4th of 2021, correct? Defendant says, correct. I would like to point out that this was the first retraction letter that we actually sent in January of 2021, but the defendant's attorney at the time requested that there be more information. So it was revised and resent on February 4th of 2021, but that is the retraction letter that they are referencing here. My attorney then says, we sent you a retraction letter on May 10th of 2021, correct? Defendant, correct. My attorney, we sent you a retraction letter on May 26th of 2021, correct? Defendant, and I'm saying correct based off of my names on the document. I don't want to waste anybody's time. Attorney, May 26th, correct? Defendant, correct. Attorney, and I'll represent to you and the court that these are the dates that they were dated. Defendant, okay. Attorney, August 4th retraction letter? Defendant, okay, yes, sir. Attorney, September 21st retraction letter? Defendant, yes, sir. Attorney, and November 23rd retraction letter, correct? Defendant, yes, sir. Attorney, okay, I'm going to mark all of these as exhibit number two. Tell me every reason that you didn't retract any of the statements that were the subject of the retraction letters in exhibit two. Defendant's attorney, objection form, but you can answer. Defendant, because I didn't say anything defamatory. H's attorney says, objection non-responsive. My attorney says, any other reason? Defendant, well, it said retract your defamatory statements and I didn't say anything that was knowingly untrue when I said it. Attorney, other than you don't believe they were defamatory, is there any other reason that you did not issue retractions of all of the requests to retract contained in exhibit two? Defendant, say it again. Attorney, is there any reason other than you don't believe the statements were defamatory for you not issuing retraction letters as requested in all of the retraction letters in exhibit number two? Defendant, can I see exhibit number two? I'll leave that for you. H's attorney says, what's exhibit one? The notice? My attorney says, no, the admissions. H's attorney says, okay, that's right. Defendant, I did not retract these statements because these statements were things that actually happened to me. Attorney, you believe they were all true. Defendant, I do believe that these statements were true. Attorney, okay. You believe every statement that you made that you were asked to retract contained exhibit two were truthful, correct? Defendant, absolutely yes. So the date for this deposition is on February the 15th of 2022. And she has just said absolutely yes. Does she think every single statement that she's ever made as subject of the retraction letters contained in exhibit two were truthful? Part of the allegations that she had made against me were allegations that I had committed crimes. By this point in time, the defendant has the results of the Bartonville Police Department saying that there has been no criminal activity. And in fact, shortly after this deposition on March 22nd of 2022, the defendant made an Instagram story with words on the screen that says, do you know anyone in cybersecurity? I always said I was never going to ask, but you are exactly who I should ask. I have some questions. And last night I had a dream that we solved this case together and I woke up so happy. So let's do it. Let's figure this out. And when my life back together. You helped me build that mansion. Now help me keep it for what it's worth. Her son and I go back and forth if we would ever want to move back in. After this weekend, I think he wants what's rightfully ours to stay ours. So I'll put my pride aside and ask for your help. I've spent every dollar I've earned trying to figure out what they did and why. I have the timeline and you can't refute it. I need a professional now to help me prove it. They never thought I'd ask you to help, but they never thought I'd fight back either. And then she gives her email and says, cybersecurity investigation FBI, Texas Rangers, any of them, it's time to get loud. So she's admitting here in this Instagram story that she has no evidence of her allegations. And additionally, later in the deposition,
position on page 265, and we are only on page 47 at this moment in time. But later in the deposition on page 265, H's attorney says, and you want to press criminal charges and have her convicted so she has a mugshot. Defendant says, yes. H's attorney says, and are you pressing criminal charges right now? And the defendant says, if I can find the evidence. And then H's attorney says, but in January of 2021, you didn't have any evidence because you're still trying to find the evidence, right? Defendant says, yeah. So she's admitting multiple times, once in a sworn deposition and also in this Instagram story on March 22nd, that she has no evidence, yet she is saying that all of these statements that she made are true. Also, when you make a statement, you have to have proof of that statement at the time that you are making it. So she has also admitted that not only does she still not have any proof of these allegations, but she did not have proof at the time that she was making them. These statements were and are false and defamatory. Moving on in the deposition. Attorney, all right. The statements that were the subject of Exhibit 2, the retraction letter, you believe those things are capable of being understood by people, correct? Defendant's attorney, objection form. Defendant, I can't tell you whether they would understand it. Actually, most people say they don't understand. H's attorney, objection non-responsive. Defendant, that's an answer. Attorney, when you write things, you intend for people to be able to understand them, correct? Defendant, correct. Attorney, did you investigate the factual basis for any of the comments that you made in Exhibit 2? Defendant, correct. Attorney, did you? Defendant, correct. Attorney, and how did you do that? Defendant, well, some of the statements are the things that H told me directly. Some of the statements are statements H told the police. Some are statements H told me as her opinion. Some of the statements were that I gathered by reading about it myself. Attorney, did you do anything to investigate whether the things that H told you were in fact truthful? Defendant, say it again. Attorney, did you do anything to investigate any of the things that H told you that you made the basis of the statements that you made in Exhibit 2? Did you do anything to investigate whether those things were true or false? Defendant, well, if H, I mean, I've generally believed everything H told me since she was young, so she's the person I trusted the most. Attorney, other than just trusting H because you believe her to be a truth teller? Defendant, believed. Attorney, believed her to be a truth teller? Was there any other basis that you had for posting things that were told to you by H? Defendant's attorney says objection form. Defendant, so if H tells me she had a conversation with Crystal, I'm going to believe that H had a conversation with Crystal. Attorney, okay, I'm going to object as non-responsive. So the defendant has just said that the basis for her making her statements are the things that H told her and the things that H told the police. You'll see later in the deposition on page 261 that the defendant said that H told the police only 40% of what she told her. So she contradicts herself within the deposition. On page 261, attorney says, okay, how was her story different on November 3rd than when she went to Bartonville PD? Defendant, because when she went to the Bartonville PD, she probably told them 40% of what she said in her attorney friend's office. In her attorney friend's office, it was like, hand on Bible, Crystal's trying to ruin your life. She's crazy. I'm terrified of her. She's stalking me too. She's obsessed with me. I didn't find out until Friday Friday at the police station that she said that Crystal was like obsessed with me and didn't like me and all that kind of stuff. Attorney. So the discrepancies are, if I understand your testimony correctly, is that she only told the Bartonville Police Department 40% of what she said a couple of days earlier. Defendant says, yeah, and that's being generous. Moving on in the deposition, we are on page 49, line 25. Attorney. Is there anything other than your belief that H is a truth teller? Defendant was. 
attorney, was a truth teller that you did to investigate the veracity of anything H told you? Defendant, well, I lined it up with my own personal experience of the situation. Attorney, anything else? Defendant, I'm trying to think if there's any other way I can answer that. Say your question again so I can make sure we're all on the same page. My attorney, is there anything other than your history with H and your personal experience that you did to investigate the veracity of any of the things that H told you that were the basis of any of your posts contained in Exhibit 2? Defendant, well, when H and I went to the police station and she gave a formal statement, to me, that was a lot of telling to me that she's telling the truth because she told the police the same thing. Once again, we just read that later in the deposition, she said that H did not tell the police the same thing. My attorney says, anything else that you did to investigate the veracity of anything H told you that you posted as part of Exhibit 2? Defendant, I don't know how to answer that. I wish I did. I trusted her with my life. My attorney says, my question is, is there anything else that you did to investigate the veracity of anything H told you? Defendant says, I'm just going to say, can I just say no? I mean, I don't. My attorney says, if there's nothing, defendant says, what else do I need? Attorney says, if there's nothing else. And then the defendant says, I mean, she was the number one in my life, like everything. I mean, I don't know. I wish I could answer that for you. I really do. I would like to pause here and point out that H is in the room and it is very clear at this point as it is in the rest of the deposition that she is trying very hard to appeal to H. I believe it was in an effort to try and lure H back to believing her and potentially dropping her claims in the lawsuit or that she wanted H to come clean about something, but there was nothing for H to come clean about because the defendant made all of this up. But she is very, very obviously trying to appeal to H during the entire deposition. So it's abundantly clear in this deposition that she is attempting to love bomb H. As I've stated previously, in my opinion, she has somewhat of an unnatural attachment to H and she has even admitted in videos that people thought that she was crying and upset over her father's illness and ultimately her father's death, but that's not what it was, that she was actually crying about H. My attorney says, my question is, and I want to be real clear, other than you trusting H to be truthful at the time, which you no longer believe, your experience, and the things that H told the Bartonville Police Department, other than those things, is there anything else that you've relied upon to believe that those things that H said were truthful? Defendant says, well, what H told me mirrored what I was actually going through. So if I experience it and she confirms it, then I don't really feel like, I mean, if I experience someone saying something and then she says, I told her those things and she told me these things back, I don't feel like I need to do much further than that. So I would say, say no. My attorney says, I'll object to everything before no as non-responsive. H's attorney says, same objection. Attorney, the things that you posted, you would agree would cause harm to Crystal Wrighton if they were true, correct? The defendant's attorney says, objection form. Defendant, no. Why would it cause harm to her? Attorney, in your opinion, the things that you posted about Crystal, do you believe those things were harmful or not harmful? Defendant, to Crystal. Attorney, correct. Defendant, no. Attorney, do you believe any of the things that you posted about Crystal would be in any way detrimental to her reputation? Defendant, no. Attorney, do you think that anything that you posted with respect to Crystal would expose her to dislike? Defendant, no. Attorney, when you post the things that you did about Crystal, do you think any of those things would cause Crystal for people to have contempt or ridicule to Crystal? Defendant, no. Attorney, do you believe that any of the things you posted about Crystal would cause her any financial injury? Defendant, 
No. Attorney, do you believe that any of the things you posted about Crystal would impeach her reputation of her honesty or integrity? Defendant, say the question again. Attorney, do you believe any of the things that you posted about Crystal would negatively impact how people see her reputation, her honesty, or her integrity? Defendant, no. So the defendant has just said that she does not think that any of the statements that she has made have caused me harm. However, in a live video, the defendant stated that she wants everyone to know. This shows malice. And I just want you to know that everybody, everybody truly knows. They do. So when you walk in that nail salon and you look around and you're like, oh my God, did they know? Did they know what I did? Did they know? Do they like when you walk to the, when you go to Sam's Club or Costco is really my sh when you go to Costco and you see that girl with a logo medallion on her shirt and it makes you feel weird in your stomach, like, oh my God, does she know what she did? She, does she know what I did? She knows. And she doesn't like it either. She wouldn't still be wearing that shirt right now if she liked what you did. I would never wish that on anybody. But I wish that on you. Moving on in the deposition on page 54, line five, my attorney says, okay, and your belief that none of the things that you posted would cause any harm to Crystal, you believe that, and you're testifying to that with the same amount of credibility as to the other testimony that you've given here today, correct? Defendant's attorney says, objection form. Defendant says, say it again so I can answer. My attorney says, okay. One of the things that a jury is going to be instructed on at the beginning of what's called the court's charge when the jury gets to answer questions is going to be, the judge is going to say, you are the sole judges of the credibility of the testimony and the weight to be given to that testimony. Do you understand that? Defendant says, no, but that's okay. Okay, credibility is an issue in the case that the judge will instruct the jury on. Defendant says, okay. My attorney says, you understand that? Defendant, yes. Attorney, okay. And my question is, your testimony that you've just given with respect to everything that you've said about Crystal or posted about Crystal caused her no harm, in your opinion. You're testifying with the same credibility and commitment to those things being true that you just said, as you are to all the other stuff in the deposition, correct? Defendant, I said that I never posted anything with the intention to do any of those things you just mentioned. I posted to talk about my personal experience. Attorney, okay, I'm going to object to that as non-responsive. So let's go back and make sure we're clear. Defendant, okay. Attorney, there's a difference in my question, so let me make sure we're clear here. Did you hear my question about whether your post caused any harm, whether you intended to do that, or whether objectively looking at the post, whether it would do that? Defendant, well, how would I know if it would cause her harm if I didn't intend to? Attorney, well, you can read the posts. You wrote them, correct? Defendant, correct. Attorney, or you sent them, correct? Defendant, correct. Attorney, all those posts that you read and you had to determine whether they were going to be retracted or not, you read all of them, correct? Defendant, correct. Attorney, okay. In your opinion, as you sit here today, regardless of whether you intended to or not, do you believe that any of the statements or comments that you made or posts that you made about Crystal would tend to cause her any harm to her reputation? Defendant's attorney, objection form. Defendant says, many of those posts weren't necessarily talking about Crystal. Attorney, okay, I'm going to object as non-responsive. Attorney, the ones that you were talking about, Crystal, defendant, where I said her name, H's attorney, objection, non-responsive. My attorney, if a jury believes that you were referencing Crystal in your post, sometimes you would say Crystal's name, sometimes you would make vague references to Crystal, and I'm talking about any time that a jury might believe that you were making any references to Crystal, whether by name or otherwise. Do you understand my question? Correct. Attorney, so I'll ask it again. 
The posts that you made referencing Crystal in any way that are the subject of Exhibit 2 or any other comments or statements that you've made or posts that you've made about Crystal, do you believe that those posts, whether you intended to cause harm or not, would cause any type of harm or injury to Crystal Wrighton? Defendant, I do not. Defendant's attorney, objection form. My attorney, okay. I would like to pause for just a minute. In a series of Instagram stories, the defendant has said that it doesn't matter if she references me by name or a pseudonym, it doesn't change who she's talking about. So here she's trying to dodge the question and say that not all of her posts were about me. And she's trying to only say the ones where she said my name should be the post in question. But she has already stated that it doesn't matter whether she says my name or not. Whether I use your first name, your last name, a pseudonym, any of those things that don't change the person that it is. Moving on. Attorney. All right. If the posts and comments and statements that you made referencing Crystal, either directly or indirectly, did cause harm to Crystal in any way, is it your testimony that you didn't intend for that to happen? Defendant's attorney, objection form, you can answer. Defendant, I don't know how to answer it, is the truth. If I said that she said something, I said it because I thought it was the truth. Attorney, okay, I'm going to object as non-responsive. Regardless of whether you intended to cause harm or not, do you believe that any of those statements or posts or anything that you said about Crystal or referencing Crystal in any way could have caused her harm. Defendant's attorney, objection form. Defendant, I do not. Attorney, okay. Did you ever have any doubts whatsoever as to the truthfulness of any of the posts or comments or statements that you made with respect to Crystal Wrighton or referencing Crystal Wrighton in any way? Defendant's attorney, objection form. Defendant, I did not. Attorney, so you were 100% certain of everything that you posted to be truthful and accurate with respect to anything that you posted, said, or referenced about Crystal Wrighton. Defendant's attorney, objection form. Defendant, absolutely correct. Attorney, and again, you're testifying that you are 100%, quote, 100% absolutely correct to your answer. You're asking the jury to evaluate that testimony with the same amount of credibility and evaluation of credibility as to your other testimony, correct? Defendant says, every statement I made, I made as truth. At this point in time, we have already established that the defendant has zero proof of any allegation that she has made. She has also been served with a lawsuit saying that her statements were false. By this point, she has also been sent seven retraction letters and 399 requests for admissions in a defamation case. All of those legal documents and the entire reason that we are in this deposition is because what she has said is false. She has admitted that she has no evidence and she will continue throughout this deposition to admit that she has no evidence, but she's still still says that every statement that she made, she made as truth. Moving on, attorney says, my question is a little bit different. Defendant, it's hard to understand. Attorney, again, your testimony is going to be judged by a jury as to what's credible and not credible. And they're going to get an opportunity to believe or disbelieve anything you've said, either in a deposition, on a post, or at trial. Do you understand that? Defendant, yes, sir. Attorney, and I just want to make sure that this testimony, that you are 100% absolutely certain of that, and that you're completely wholeheartedly 100% testifying that is the credible evidence. Defendant's attorney, objection form. Defendant, I am absolutely sure that everything I said was what I thought to be the truth when I said it a thousand percent. Attorney, and has there been anything changed between when you said it, posted it, referenced it with respect to Crystal Wrighton in any way that you no longer believe to be true. Defendant, not with respect to Crystal Wrighton. Attorney, and just so we're clear, from the time you ever referenced Crystal Wrighton on any posts, social media, email, text, anything you've ever said about Crystal Wrighton that you believed it to be true, 100% absolutely true from the time you said it up until today, correct? Defendant's attorney says objection form. Defendant, I don't know if I'm allowed to say this. I probably really shouldn't say it. I don't know 
know if, how do you say that? How, how do you have to say this formally? Can't we just all tell the truth? Say your question again so I can answer it whatever way. Attorney, okay. Do you believe as you sit here today that everything that you've posted, said, communicated, that in any way referenced Crystal Wrighton in any way as you sit here today continues to be truthful and honest? Defendant says, absolutely. H's attorney says, hey, are we at a place where we can take a break? And my attorney says, yes, we can take a break. And then the videographer says the time is approximately 11 a.m. and we are off the record. And then we recessed from 11 a.m. to 11.20 and went back on the record. So we started at 9.52 a.m. and now it is 11 a.m. So we had been going for a little over an hour here. Next time on False and Defamatory. My attorney says, that's a yes or no question. The defendant says, no, it's I don't recall. My attorney says, I'll object to the portion after no. Attorney, in terms of the actual, any technical data that would link Socks for Africa to Crystal Wrighton, are you aware of any facts that would do that? Defendant, define technical data. Do you have any factual information of any sort that would connect woke Duchess of Ghosting to Crystal Wrighton? Defendant, yes. Attorney, and what is that? Defendant, data I'll provide. I don't have it in front of me at this time. Attorney, can you generally describe it? Defendant, no. Attorney, can you describe it in any way? Defendant, no. And because I can remember everything, I don't know how. The police say it all the time. Like, the police have told me that in two different police departments. My attorney told me that. My therapist told me that. We are in February of 20. 2022. This lawsuit was filed in November of 2020. She has had a year and three months to come up with this information. And at this point in time in this deposition, she admittedly cannot describe it in any way. And she has no idea what that information is. Defendant, I wouldn't want to tell you the exact conversation unless I had my spreadsheet in front of me. Attorney, so you have a spreadsheet of websites or posts or things that are on the internet that you believe are related to Crystal Wrighton. Defendant, I'm just giving you an example. Attorney, you did say you had a spreadsheet, correct? Defendant, well, if you technically want to know, it's not in spreadsheet form. Attorney, okay, what form is it in? Defendant, it's a Google document. Attorney, and again, anything that you have said, you don't have the information at this time, you understand that if you go find it, you have a duty to supplement your answers to the deposition. Defendant, absolutely yes. And I would also like to point out that although the defendant just said once again that she understands that she is to supplement this information that she says she is going to go back and get in this lawsuit, that she turned over nothing. Nothing was ever turned over, which makes sense because these are made up lies. There would be nothing to turn over. Do you currently have any plans whatsoever with respect to somehow investigating whether there's any technical information that would connect Crystal Wrighton to any of the names that we've just been through? Defendant, I'd love to, yeah. Attorney, do you have any plans to do that? Defendant, yes. Attorney, and what are those plans? Defendant, plans to do that? Attorney, other than just generally a plan to do that, have you taken any action toward that? Defendant, no. Attorney, have you contacted anyone or spoken with anyone in an attempt to connect Crystal Wrighton to any of the GOMI names that we have gone through here today from a technical standpoint? Defendant, I have not. 
did I say Crystal wrote about me on Reddit in that request for admission? Attorney, I'm asking you the questions. Defendant, okay. She also had her attorney send a subpoena to Reddit. So her implying that she had never said that I wrote on Reddit is a complete fabrication, much like everything else that she says. So as you sit here today, do you believe Crystal wrote anything or was behind any writings negative about you or your company on Reddit? Defendant, I do not know. My attorney says, well played. The False and Defamatory podcast is hosted, edited, and produced by me, Crystal Wrighton, with music by Harry B. Ragsdale, who also serves as my audio engineer. First and foremost, I would like to thank my guests who generously shared their time and insight with us. I would also like to thank my husband, my mom, my children, my therapist, my attorneys, and trusted friends who walked with me through this process and made this podcast possible. Being able to finally speak the truth is incredibly healing, and I appreciate you listening more than I could ask accurately express. If you would like to continue receiving my latest episodes and stay up to date with my content, please subscribe to the False and Defamatory podcast on your preferred podcast platform and follow False and Defamatory on social media with the handle at False and Defamatory. Links to False and Defamatory social media as well as my blog can be found in the episode notes and on falseanddefamatory.com. Listening to the False and Defamatory podcast is free on most platforms. However, if you prefer a video podcast or would like to see the documents discussed in the podcast shown on screen, you can subscribe to my Patreon, where you will enjoy these benefits as well as early access, bonus content, and ad-free listening. The defendant spread her false and defamatory claims to hundreds of thousands of followers for more than two years. My goal is to share the truth so it can reach each person who heard her lies. By sharing this podcast, you can help me achieve that goal. Your support means everything to me and helps me reach a wider audience. So please hit that subscribe button and share this podcast with those you think would benefit from it. Thank you again for sharing and for listening. All social media posts referenced in this podcast were included in the evidence in case number 096-321-678-20 in the 96th District Court of Tarrant County, Texas, where the jury unanimously ruled in my favor on August 24, 2022. The views expressed by guests are their own, and their appearance on the False and Defamatory podcast does not imply an endorsement of them or any entity they represent. Views and opinions expressed by the guests are those of the guests and do not necessarily reflect the view of the False and Defamatory podcast or Crystal Wrighton. Please do not make any attempts to reach out to the defendant or her followers. Names have been redacted to protect the privacy of the defendant and her army of followers who commented on her public posts. The unanimous jury verdict has not only provided me with justice, but also allows me to share my story. The purpose of this podcast is to share the truth and to provide educational content regarding defamation and social media. If you have any questions about this or to view the documents discussed in this episode, please visit falseanddefamatory.com.